welcome to Hope and Struggle. This is your resource for dealing with life's ups and downs using hope, humor, and truth. I'll be your host, Mindy Lawhorn. Let's get going. Hey, you guys, this is part two in an amazing interview with my friend, Jessica Vaughn. If you have yet to listen to part one, I'd love for you to go back. I'd love for you to hear her story and how she grew up. And yes, we're going to tell you where she is today and a little bit more about her hope, her faith, and these books that she's written. But it's very important to know where she has come from, what all God has done in her life, but also know like some of the things she struggled with. You too may have struggled with those same things. You may be struggling now. So for this episode of Hope and Struggle, I'll be your host, Mindy Lawhorn, with the amazing Jessica Vaughn. Hey, Jessica, this is our second part of your interview. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing so good. So excited to continue. I know. I'd love to pick up kind of where we dropped off. In the the other uh, interview, we were just kind of talking about your past, kind of when you started really seeking, you know, is this God for real? You know, will he love me for myself? Does he know all the stuff I've done? Does he know the mom and dad I have? Does he know where I struggle with fitness and identity? And, and, and you know, what what is he going to think about all this? And then we went into just the things he was showing you that you were putting before him. So let's hop on there and, and see where this is going to end up with your books and where you are now. Okay, awesome. So I think after telling everything from part one and just talking about, you know, the past and, and the history is... So now I'm in this relationship with Christ and he begins to reveal these emotions, these things that I had to begin to deal with. That's, that's the hard part, right? Where it's like head on. I don't want to brush under the rug because if I keep brushing under the rug, it keeps too much stuff is under there. So I'm just going to keep, you know, Oh yeah. And I realized that tons of shame because of the different, um, different relationships I've had. The, the sex I had with different men out of marriage and what that did to me spiritually, what it did to my heart and the shame. Right. And then this, then there was this anger. I'm so mad at my dad. I'm so mad at my mom for just the way things turned out. I was just mad. Just seeing that made me mad, like just mad. Right. And anything around anger and then it led into jealousy mm. because I thought, if I saw another girl that was quote unquote prettier, I was like, oh, I'm less than and she's prettier and not, hey, I'm walking alongside her and she's pretty and I'm pretty and we're just doing this thing together. It was, right. oh, wow, she's so much better. Yeah. You know, and you kind of put your hand on your head and you're like, what could I do different to make myself prettier? <laughs> and so I realized, wow, I love Jesus, but here's all these insecurities, right? Because we don't just accept him and go, okay, I'm wiping my hands. Take it, take the wheel, <laughs> do it all. It was, wow, okay. Here I know Jesus, but here comes the real, the real work, right. the inside work. And so I began to really dive into where is the shame coming from? Why do I have all this guilt? And how can I get rid of this anger? Yes. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'll be 30 in this weekend on the 28th. Oh, we're the same age. Yeah, totally. And I realized, I mean, it wasn't until I was about 27 that I started to work through my anger. I realized I didn't forgive myself. And I think somebody out there needs to hear that. It's 
yes, we need to forgive others and forgiveness is huge, but we need to forgive ourselves for the things that we've done because we're new now. We're a new creation in Christ. We're new. Our old self does not belong to us anymore. It's a part of who we are, but we have to look forward and know that we're new and that we have to forgive ourselves. So that's where I got to this point now where I literally, every time I have a pain or this, this emotion, I want you guys to say, whenever you have an emotion come up, there's a problem that is it's linking to. There's a pain somewhere yep. that this, this problem is, or emotion is linking to. And I'm going to challenge you and encourage you to unravel that a little bit, no matter how scary it is. So if you get a sting of jealousy, then that's like a red, I want you to think of it as like a red light, like a warning, 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 yeah, warning. Yeah, this is Not good. As a, you know, a, a yellow or green to just go, keep pushing. And it's, it's red. Slow down and ask yourself, why are you jealous? Why are you jealous? Why are you so angry right now at your husband? Is it really your husband? Or is it the fact that you hate that he can eat this and you can't eat that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I feel that one hundred percent. My husband can eat anything. <laughs> so unfair. So that was a huge thing for me. And so as I began to just dive deeper into this relationship with God, I just realized everything he was trying to show me, he was trying to show me the pain that it was involved in. And that is kind of where I am today is that I don't put things away now. I actually process them through as they're happening. And I'm asking myself, why am I angry? You know, why, why am I having this emotion? Why am I doing this? Why are you doing this? You know, Mm -hmm. and I try to source it back. I journal a lot. Mindy, I know you do this too. Yes, I do. I'll just write and journaling is just basically just pouring out whatever's going on inside of you. And I'll just write and I'll write and I'll let God reveal to me whatever it is. I don't think about it. If I'm feeling an emotion, I write it down. And that's kind of where I am today of just that the healing, I'm still healing in certain areas. Hey, I am not, (laughs) I am not perfect by any means. I'll tell you that for sure. I still get emotions. I still will have comparisons and all this other stuff, but I really write and know your worth about conquering your past for a powerful future. Cause I want people to understand that their past is not a place to feel shame. It's not a place that they have to live. It's not a place that they have to just bury anymore that they can experience the pain. They can grieve the pain. They can walk through the pain and then it becomes their purpose. It's part of what we can use to give God the glory. Absolutely. So let's pause on that for just one second. So if, if I'm hearing you right, which by the way, we talked about this for a second at the She Works His Way Narrow event, which by the way, mm-hmm. plug for that. We'll be there next year. We'll add that information to the show notes. Yeah. It was so good. And I have to be honest, it was 50, so good. and 50% of the time was, was, you know, us talking and then Aaron Fitrocker chicken is talking. We were talking about our husbands when one was like, <laughs> and it was in a positive way, but it was, it was needed. It was Christian yeah. girls need to be able to vent in safe places like that. And it was like so much fun, but we had talked about, I was telling her that when I do this and I feel these emotions, which by the way, we all do, mm-hmm. it's just those emotions. I feel that I don't identify that come up later and give me trouble. And one of the things is we're females. Oh my gosh, we feel so many emotions all day long. And, you know, I'll be going about my day and I have this kind of knot in my stomach and I have to ask myself, what is that? And it could be, you know, one of our coaches who just quit that you love and you think they'd be amazing, but they don't have the same vision you do. Or maybe there's an issue with your husband or, you know, one of your siblings said something that hurt your feelings or 
you read something that you know you got to take care of. And it's like identifying that and spending a minute with it, which I'm sure this is some sort of psychological, you know, process. We just happened to add Jesus into this. I'm sure this is what to do, but I think so many people never process that emotion. And then it either gets pushed down or it gets put in a category where it doesn't belong. And then that manifests into something else. And as, 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 as big as this kind of sounds, it's actually just a really small thing that just takes that knowledge of paying attention to that emotion. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's like such, such good information, Jessica. I think we talked about mourning and I'll let you get back to it, but I want to just hit on this topic, knowing what I just explained about the compartments and, and experiencing that emotion and kind of sitting with it and going, why do I feel this? Oh, and for some of you, you may experience it, put it in that category or put it where it's supposed to be and you're done. For some of us, it takes a little bit longer, but with grief, specifically, I never understood the idea of mourning. And don't get me wrong, I think mourning means just you're sad. And like, you know, think of the old days where you wore black for two years, you know, and walked around, I'm in mourning. Yeah. Well, obviously, because you're wearing black, <laughs> you know, but it's it's very different now. But I used to, every time get every time I'd get sad about, about Renata, my sister, I would just try to push it away. And for some reason, the evening is the hardest for me and it still is. And so now just because of kind of what we talked about, it was, I believe it was God just saying, you need to deal with this more is that I'm better, but I get really sad in the evenings and I feel empty and I always go to Christ. I do, but at the same time, I need to sit in it and deal with it. Otherwise that's going to be my every evening for every year for the rest of my life. And my family doesn't deserve that. That's not part of my purpose. Her death. Yes, I believe I can help other people with that grief and that knowledge because I've experienced it. But me dealing with that every night is, is not what God intends. So that's what I've done since we've met. And so if, if you have a grief in your life, I would just want to lovingly tell you, we have to sit in it a minute instead of pushing it away, instead of like getting a glass of wine or calling her best friend or, or just going shopping online, we have to sit in it and just ask for God to minister to us through that. And we veg out. We veg out on our phones. Like, let's be honest. Like, when you're scrolling through Facebook, you're not really channeling your subconscious. Mm-mm. It Mm-mm. all has to do with conscience and subconscious. When you're watching Netflix, you're not channeling anything that's going on. You're just watching. That's You're not thinking. You're not processing. You're not doing anything. And so I, when I started to just, if I had a feeling to process it, you know, like, Mindy, if it's, if it's crying, just to cry. Keep crying until you just... Feel like you're crying and you're grieving it and so it could be any kind of emotion that you can grieve right it can be a loss it can be a divorce it can be just an emotion that is so strong in your life whether it's addiction or food or working out or um, just whatever that idol is you can begin to just grieve that and process that and be angry and then be sad and then you know it's just we go through those stages and it's I think for so long especially as Christians or those that believe in God is we throw a band-aid on it Yes. And we walk around and we go, Mindy, you just need to trust in, trust in God and have faith. And, you know, we, and that's good. And you do, but sometimes we shut those out because we're like, yeah, I know that, but that's not helping me right now. Right. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Totally. Well, and you can't just. Your foundation and your rock, but it's, he also was, he weeped at Lazarus, right? He knew he was going to raise Lazarus, but he still weeped. Mm-hmm. It's showing that he wants our hearts. And so if that's weeping alongside of him, yes, it's okay. Yeah. And that's what he wants ultimately is just us, just us. So moving forward with kind of what you've learned, I mean, how did the book come about? And 
I mean, how long did it take you to write the book? Because in my opinion, you're like a really good writer and you re you write really, really quickly. It takes me forever to write anything, even though it's in there. It's just the writing. So like a voice memo, you know, voice to text, almost everything, because then it comes out lovely. Otherwise I'm like, um, but tell us where this began. You know, when did this start in your heart and then when did it come to fruition? So it was 2014. In that year, I actually started writing through the pain. I was like, hey, this is what's going on in my life. But I, of course, don't want to just say, here's my pain and pity me. It was, hey, here's my pain. Here's some hope. Yeah, it's got to have that upswing. Yeah, here's here's what I was going through, and, but here's how I was able to get through it. And so when it came to Know Your Worth, I just started sharing a lot on Facebook and hashtag, hashtagging things Know Your Worth. And I realized that, okay, a lot of people are coming to me about relationships. A lot of people are coming to me about fitness. What, what can I do to help to share with others my story? And it was just kind of, I met, he would ask me even in 2013, if I was going to write a book, I would be like, nope. <laughs> and so in 2014, I just started writing and it took me probably about eight months to write that one. And then I just went through the self-publishing process and I just, it was gone all the way. Yep. Right. Because in all honesty, you can see the growth in writing and just the relationship in itself with God between know your worth and a worthy wife. And then my third book is coming out in January of 2018. And that one is even more in depth of just the growth. Right. And so of course, then I met my husband on eHarmony and I wrote a worthy wife of just for women on how to live single, but then it goes right into how to live married too. Yeah. <laughs> and making God your foundation and what that looks like with money and the finances and faith and things that we should be talking about that we don't talk about before we get married. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so that's kind of how it came about is just through the pain. I wanted it to be something more than just here's, here's me. I wanted it to be something that people can say me too, but find Christ. It, Cause it wasn't about me. Right. I didn't mm -hmm. want it to be about me. I really wanted it to be about him. Yep. And to give people hope and yes. to give them and to say, Hey, so you had a rocky past, man. It's cool. It's okay. We can do this. We can grieve your new pain has purpose. It's powerful. It is so powerful to walk others through what you've gone through. Absolutely. Well, I think that that is what you didn't know your purpose is about. And I love in the beginning, because when you guys go to her website and see it, it just says, if you've ever felt like you weren't good enough or smart enough or pretty enough or thin enough or strong enough, and she just kind of goes through this list, then she's like, this book is for you. And I'm like, I think that's all of us. <laughs> and, and, and I know that some part, like that's, I was like, I try to joke with that kind of thing. And I know that I won't be, ever be good enough without him. But the bottom line is if, if, I, if we pretend or say that we are, but we're really, I mean, that is, is no room for God to work. I know where I'm not good with, for like, at speaking. I'm obviously not good at speaking either, but you know what I mean? I know where I lack. Oh, you're good at speaking, Mindy. Oh, you, girl. You're hilarious on that stage. Girl, please. No, but seriously, it's like, I think that this is just so real. And it's funny that people have said both about you and I, you are just so real. And it's like, I always want to go, what does that mean? How are people not real? And I mean, yeah. maybe they aren't real, but I'm just like, I, I can't lie. I'm a horrible liar anyway, but faking it, you're going to, you're going to see I'm not a size two. Cause I can only edit photos so far, you know, I'm not. 
And um and and I by the way, my husband is six four and I'm five, six and a half or five eight that I like to tell people. So I'm so glad he had no rules. Yeah, with he who made he's the cut. So you're I, good. Dude, I thank the Lord I made the cut. Um that is so funny. But one of the things exactly that you're talking about is um hope and struggles motto verse. And I, I can't I was with of all people, um was with Rob and Chelsea and Rob and Chelsea Pearson. And for a couple of years, they would come. We had this big event in Dallas. They would always come and spend the night with us. They would like uh, spend the night with a couple of people before, go to the event and they'd stay with us after. And I just loved having them there. They're just this beautiful, amazing couple that God has done so much with. And her and I were doing a video and I said, I've started this hope and struggle thing. And I want to find a, a verse about struggle, but a verse that's positive and a verse that's like, there's purpose in the struggle, you know, and, and that what God intends through struggle, because nobody wants to struggle and they almost feel pity for people that are in struggle. And I'm like, dude, I don't want you to feel pity. I want to be in struggle now so that I can be in glory with him at later. Yeah. And I don't want to have glory now and then be like, oh, you know, later I want for that to happen. And so she was like, let's just Google it. So with her, we found the motto verse and I've got to share that with you. It's Second um, Corinthians 1, 3 through four, basically. And it just says, you know, the father of our, of all mercies and comfort who comforts us in all our tribulation, which is also struggle, trouble, whatever you want to put in there, that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the same comfort, which God showed us during that time. So I'm like, wait a minute, that's it. And so of course I looked that up in the message. I looked that up in the yeah. new King James version and NIV. Yeah. And that's our verse because to me, God is going to give us comfort if we seek him through all our trouble. And then when other people go through that trouble, we are now an extension of not only, Hey, I've been through this too. And guess what? I got through it through the grace of God. And let me just tell you, there's hope. Here's what's going to happen. And yeah. it's just sharing that burden with someone. And I mean, and in as much as I don't want to have shared the loss of my sister, I mean, I have like a 20 page list of all the struggles that God has put me through. And, and, and I remember when she passed, so quite a few people said, and you know, we're from the South. So people say this a lot. They would just go, bless your heart. And I wanted to smack them because here's the thing. Bless your heart means poor you. And I do not see any of your struggles or my struggles as poor me. I see it as God chose me. I see it as God chose me because he knows, even though it may look really weird and it may take me a minute, I'm eventually going to give the glory to him and I'm going to come through it through because he pulled me through it instead of just trying to hide it. And people that think struggle shows that you're less of a person or that you've done something wrong. I want to lovingly tell you right now, if you're listening, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. It's that God wants more from you and he knows you can, he knows that you're strong enough and through him, he wants you to rely on him through the next struggle because the struggle is going to get you to the next level. Yeah. Right? That's what I was just going to say. I feel like when we can't be real or share, that means just we're so self-absorbed. We're so prideful or we're so, just the ego so big because we're afraid that somebody's going to like deplete or deflate our balloon of ego. Right. <laughs> if, if somebody says, well, why, why would you do that? And they're maybe they're just asking an honest question, but that person never dealt with it. So they don't want to share because they're afraid of what somebody else is going to think. Right. We're always so worried about ourselves. But really, it's just when you share just whatever he's calling you to share, he's going to bless. Totally. He's going to work through that. And my favorite thing that I always go back to is 
I know exactly who I am and whose I am. So no matter the trouble, and 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 I used, I think we all used to be afraid, or some of us may still be afraid of what other people think, but God revealed to me that all I need to be worried about is really what he thinks and what my husband thinks, you know? Yeah. I mean, and my kids, I want to be famous in heaven and home, just like Michelle Myers, you know, idea is, yeah. Yeah. but the bottom line is I'm so, I was so worried about what other people thought and those people don't raise my kids. They're not married to my husband. They don't pay my bills. They don't know the little things that God has whispered to my heart about my purpose. So why in the world would I let any thoughts, judgments, or lack of knowledge on their part define me? Mm-hmm. And if we can constantly say that over to over and over to ourselves, there's a freedom that exists in just being focused on a, what a few people think, as in the most important people, It that it, it's the freedom that allows you to grow and be 100% who you are. And be like, I, I kind of don't care if people think I'm weird or they laugh at me, you know, negative way. I know that this kindness is actually strength. Mm-hmm. I know that this honesty is actually strength. Yeah. I think I think most of us live our life to accommodate our fear. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know? Not anymore. And, it's, and that's where we got to get to the point of, okay, um, we got to stop telling God what he can't do. Because that's what we're saying. <laughs> Yeah. That's ridiculous. Say that out loud. I'm telling God what he can't do. But that's exactly what we do every time we say I can't or I won't or not now, later. It's not the right time. I'm not ready. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that anybody in the Bible with those amazing stories were ever ready. Okay, now I'm prepared. So. Now I'm prepared for you for that whale to come and eat me, God, since I, you know, went away from Nineveh and and I don't want to go talk to those mean people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that is so funny. Well, Jessica, I just cannot thank you enough. I mean, we could talk, I think, for hours. Yeah, totally. But I just want to thank you for being real. Thank you for being vulnerable. Thank you for sharing your story. And I just want to thank you for being diligent and disciplined to write these books. This is it's never going to go away. There's always going to be resources for people and they're going to have the ability to experience you not only through these books, um, but I'm praying and hoping that they will identify themselves somehow with our stories and that they will know they are meant for more and they've got to get through that pain of the struggle because there's purpose at the end. Absolutely. Amen. Amen, girl. Care if I pray real fast? Yes, let's do it. All right, let me pray and then we'll shut it down. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for this podcast. Thank you for people with just willing and loving hearts like Jessica that wants to share and that is so open to you working on her, Lord God, just daily and her being diligent. I just thank you, Lord, for her, but the personality and the diligence that you've manifested inside her, Lord. Thank you for her being open and and just caring for others enough to share some of the worst parts of her life. And some of the parts that, you know, the evil one would want us to be embarrassed about and to hide. But Lord God, it's through those stories that we can reach others for you. I pray that you will just expand Jessica's territory, Lord God, that you will just expand her sphere of influence through her books, through her blogs, through this podcast even. And I pray the same for hope and struggle. I pray that those that were with us today, that they would just open their hearts to you and they would open their hearts. There's so much more to what it is they're going through, whether how, no matter how little or big, Lord God, that you can not only get the glory through, but they can get so much good from it, Lord God. And I pray that through this podcast, that you would help me show others hope and that they can learn not only who they are, but whose they are. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
Amen. Jessica Vaughn, thank you. You rock. Thank you. You're welcome, girl. I'll see you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.